Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hey, my friend, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Denise Green, and I'm really excited you're here. We're going to talk about a really big topic. Not that we don't always talk about really big topics, but this is one of my favorites. It's all about how to reach your true potential, how to break through the barrier to your true potential, and why we screw this up all the time. And I am going to be borrowing a ton of wisdom from Gay Hendricks. He's written many, many wonderful books. I'm going to share some insights that he shared in the book, The Big Leap. And if you've read it, you probably remember it most for his uh, zone of genius idea, which we could do a whole other podcast on the zone of genius. But that just means you are working with your best talents, your authentic strengths, your biggest passions in order to be the best you you can be. So that's one very important element of reaching your potential. But I want to talk about what keeps us from doing that. So this one, my friend, is all about self-sabotage. How we do it, what it looks like, why we do it, and how to stop doing it. So aren't you glad you're here? If you've never self-sabotaged yourself and you are just skating along toward your potential and you never have any back backtracks, you don't need to listen to this, my friend. Just go and teach to other people. But if you are like the rest of us normal human beings and you trip yourself up through all the different ways we're going to talk about, then please stick with me. So I believe, firmly believe, that we have unlimited potential. That once we think we've reached it, it can only get better and better and better. But it's really hard to achieve it. And I talk to people every day who are terrified that they are going to not reach their potential. And I think at some level we are all terrified of this, but we bury it because it's too painful and we don't know how to do it. So we just bury it and try to ignore it and then go and live our lives and acquire stuff and do all the normal things that people do until one day we wake up and go, oh shit, I was meant for more. So that's what this is all about. I think one of the best examples of people who suddenly reach what they thought was their potential and then self-sabotage are lottery winners. If you look at the stats, I don't have the stats in front of me, but a majority of lottery winners actually end up more broke than they were before they won the hundreds of millions or twenties of millions of dollars. So why the heck do they do that? Well, it's all about self-sabotage and it all boils down to fear and worry and not being ready not being equipped to take it to the next level. So I'm going to be talking about self-sabotage in all areas. It might be in your relationships. It might be in your career. It might be with finances. It might be with health. It might be with your life purpose. We can self-sabotage in any important area in our life. And here is why we do it. And I loved, I loved this metaphor that Gay used. And it reminded me of my childhood and the thermostat we had in our house. So he says that we all have an internal thermostat. 
and it's set to a certain limit. And when we hit it, our primal brain goes into action and it says something like, this can't last, or I don't deserve this, or I'm not good enough. And these come from very old stories our brain tells ourselves. Maybe it's things we learned from our parents, things we learned about money, about work, about how things are hard, about what's possible, about what uh, other people can do, but not our kind of people. It may have come from school and all that we learned about studying and getting good grades and not being good enough if we didn't get an A. It might have to do with just our brain's uh, need to compare to others, that status pain that kept us in our place in tribal times or kept us um, climbing the ladder and succeeding and staying at the top of the tribe. So we justify. We justify why we're going to keep the thermostat right where it is instead of turning it up to a whole new level of potential. And we stay small. We play it safe. And that's because our brain is not wired to help us reach our potential. Our brain is wired to keep us alive. And in tribal times, you were more likely to be alive if you stayed in the cave, if you played it safe, if you stayed small. We still have that operating system in our brain, even though our times are different. And we don't need to be so small. In fact, this is one of the ways we self-sabotage, is through fear-based behaviors. So I'm going to tell you some of the ways that Gay says in his book, Big Leap, that we self-sabotage. Ways that we hold ourselves back or send ourselves back after we've reached a new milestone. And the first one is blame. Blame keeps us from focusing on ourselves, on our span of control. Because if we can blame somebody else, then it's not our fault. I don't have to change. I don't have to do anything. I can just stew in resentment and anger and not have to do a darn thing. I can just be mad that you aren't doing what you need to do. So blame is very futile, but if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. It keeps you safe because you don't work on you. You don't grow. You just complain. That's another one is criticism. Criticizing other people. Again, it puts the potential on them, not ourselves, and it puts the potential on lack, not abundance. And if you've been listening to me, if you've been reading on this topic, you know that what we pay attention to grows. So when we criticize somebody, our, our critical assessment of them grows. And then the way we behave toward them matches our critical assessment of them. And that relationship is going to go nowhere fast. The potential for us to have a good relationship with this person is not going to go well. And the potential for us to grow is not going to go well because we are focusing only on the negative. And you cannot reach your potential when you're focusing on the negative, when you are in criticism mode. Okay, it's the opposite of abundance, it's scarcity. The third way he talks about self-sabotage really surprised me, but it's getting sick or injured. And I gotta admit, I don't really know how this one works, but I know it, it's true. You know, I was thinking about when I was in high school and I did a lot of high school musicals. I was not the best singer, all right? I was, I was okay, but I was not the best singer. And almost every opening night, I would have a form of mild laryngitis. 
Now, what are the odds that I could make it through every rehearsal and be able to sing, but then the night before every performance, and I'm not making this up, I literally had a sore throat and partial laryngitis almost every time we had to perform. And if you think about it, when you are sick or injured, your body now has an excuse for mediocre performance. It has an excuse for giving up. Another big one for me was uh, when I got in a car accident and had my back broken just one semester before graduating college. I was about to graduate with what could be seen as a very worthless degree. It was, it was summa cum laude, but it was a bachelor's in French. Now, what the hell are you going to do with a bachelor's in French? Do you think I might have contributed to that in some way? And I'm not saying like I intentionally got in an accident, but I'm saying something about my energy and my focus could have attracted that incident. Another good one for me was I was about to launch the pilot of my Work Life Brilliance Academy. Six days before launching, I was literally hit by a car crossing the street. So if you focus on fear, fear of what's about to come, I can't handle this, I don't know if I can do this, you're going to attract not great things. So it's going to be really important. I'm not going to say you're going to get sick for, you know, for sure. But think back to uh, situations in your life when you got sick. Were they connected to something you were worried about? Something that was going to potentially expand you? The fourth one is squabbling, bickering, arguments about little things, arguments with people you love about little things, whether it's your kid, your partner. If we bicker, we guarantee that the relationship is going to stay small and unfulfilling. Neither person is going to feel totally safe, totally whole. If we focus on what our partner doesn't do enough of, we're going to see more of what our partner doesn't do enough of. And then even if our partner tries to combat that, in our minds it won't be enough. And they will feel the not enough. And we will put a lid on the potential of that relationship. The fifth one is hiding truths from the relevant person. And I loved his definition. It wasn't exactly a definition, but it was another metaphor for integrity. A lot of people use the word integrity. And I think they mean, they think it means saying, uh, doing what you're saying, um, speaking your truth. For him, it's all about wholeness. And that when you are hiding something important, you are not whole. And the relationship is not whole. You are hiding something. And he says it's like a hose with a stone in it. Without the stone, water flows through the hose easily. With the stone, which in this case is the hidden truth from the relevant person, there is a lack of flow. There is a barrier in the relationship. And there is a barrier in you and your potential that lies beyond sharing your truth in a compassionate way. The sixth way we self-sabotage is deflecting compliments. So I want you to think about this for a minute. Let's say I give you a compliment. Oh, I love that shirt you're wearing. What's the first thing you're gonna tell me? Oh, I got it at Target, it was 50% off. Or, hey, you did a great job in that presentation. Really? I thought I sucked. Just notice what you do. And try this instead. Accept the compliment. Just accept it. Thank you. And then let it settle in you. You can feel pride. You can feel gratitude. 
And then you can still say what you would do differently. You can say, thanks, I was really trying to do a good job in that. I was really trying to connect with my audience. And next time, I think I'm going to speak up more. Whatever it is. Whatever it is that you want to do differently. It's fine if you want to say it, but don't start with it. Focus on accepting the abundance, and then you can focus on the growth. See how that feels different? The seventh way we self-sabotage, this is my personal favorite, worrying. You know I've done a podcast on worrying before. For me, worrying is fear about what has not happened yet and what may not ever happen. Worrying is so toxic. You cannot reach the next level of your potential. You cannot break through that thermostat barrier if you are worrying. Because now you are in a state of fear and you are out of the present. And guess what? The present is the only moment you have any control in. Oh my gosh, the ways we worry. I mean, there's so many ways we worry. We worry about losing a job or we worry about looking dumb or unprepared in a meeting. We worry about looking dumb in an interview. We worry about our relationships. We worry about our kids. Oh my gosh, he got a C. His life is over. We worry about so many things. And then we live in lack. We live in fear. People worry about making a bad decision so they don't make decisions, which in and of itself becomes a choice. Deciding not to decide is a decision. It is a decision based on fear. It's a default decision instead of an intentional one. And we have stories that have created fear in us that are so old we don't even remember where we got them. I had a client recently, and she's very successful. She's very good at what she does. Her boss loves her. She gets tons of praise. And we were trying to figure out what it was that was keeping her so anxious. Was it the fear of people not liking her, the fear of looking bad, you know, all the things that are pretty common. And then she realized it's fear of being destitute. Destitute. That's what she was worried about. This is a successful executive and she's worried about being destitute. She realized that it came from her upbringing. And she had um, been in a family of Holocaust survivors and anybody who's had grandparents who went through that horrible, I can't even, uh, can't even imagine, or even um, grandparents who went through the depression, they may have instilled in you beliefs about scarcity such that they were trying to keep you safe, but now your brain has this subliminal program. So luckily, she was onto it. We were able to help her um, use the belief upgrade system to get over it. But these are things that were driving her to anxiety and illness, and self-sabotage. Um, as you may know, I met a wonderful man, and it has been interesting. I have met somebody who is very secure, very calm, very peaceful, very loving, very confident, and um, who doesn't really worry. He's very grounded, and this comes from a lot of his spiritual upbringing. He is very trusting, and... Um, it's this, just this really genuine confidence and this light of gratitude. And I'm not used to this. <laughs> I 
Um, I think I'm a pretty grounded person, but when it comes to relationships, I am not as secure. And I notice myself thinking, well, he's not talking about the relationships. Does that mean something's wrong with it? And I notice myself going to worry for no reason at all. (laughs) And so I told him about this. Hey, my brain does this. I go to worry when we don't talk about the relationship and when you don't tell me that everything's going well. And he looked at me and he looked at me almost like cross-eyed, like, what are you talking about? He didn't even comprehend that I could be feeling insecure in our relationship. That's how much he cares about me. And so I noticed, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing where I think, this is too good to be true. This can't get any better. So here is what you do. And these are instructions per the book, per Gay Hendricks. And I love this. So worry is about fear in the future. So you have to come back to the present. And you have to notice the worry. And I'm, when I say notice, I mean like literally in your body, notice it. You can notice the thought, but then go, go into your body and notice where is this worry. For some people, it's in their gut. For some people, it's in their throat. For me, it's almost 100% of the time in my heart. I feel the fear there. And then you can just put your attention on it and let it go. Just watch it. Just watch it dissolve. Because that is what every emotion does if you let it, if you stop feeding it. But notice, if you start then ruminating about this thing that you've manufactured in your head that might happen in the future, you start feeding it, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it doesn't evaporate like normal emotions do. They're just biochemical reactions. They don't have enough uh, electricity, electromagnetism, to last longer than 90 seconds. They will go away if you let them. So let it go, and then I want you to get really curious and ask yourself, okay, if this is me butting up against this potential, this thermostat level, what's the thing on the other side of that that's trying to come in to being that my worry is trying to protect me from? What new awesome thing is trying to happen? So let's go back to my boyfriend. When I ask myself, what new thing is trying to come into being? Well, it's pretty darn freaking obvious. An amazing relationship where I feel secure, where I don't wonder. That's what's trying to come into being. When you worry about giving a presentation, okay, what's on the other side of that? What's on the other side of that is you bringing your authentic self, your present self, not your future self, but your present self to it with just enough preparation so you can rock their world and make a wonderful connection and raise your status, raise your relationship credibility, your reputation credibility, all because of the connection you made when you were grounded and authentic. And then you can let that feeling in. Instead of the worry, you can savor that new feeling of what's beyond on the other side of this level of your potential. So I want you to do this. I want you to think of something that you are worrying about. And you can think about what is likely to happen if you act from this place of fear about the future, 
I see this so often where women are afraid to speak up in meetings, so they don't. So let's play that out. So let's say I just take copious notes, but I don't ever speak up in meetings. Well, people are not going to think I'm valuable. They're just not. They're not going to have, if they have any remembrance of me at all, it's not going to be favorable. So we can play that out, right? Uh, boy, there are just so many things that we could worry about. If we worry about our kids, my kids aren't going to be okay unless they get straight A's. Then what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to helicopter parent. I'm going to stress out. I'm going to lose sleep. And I'm going to pass that on to my kids. And they're going to be anxious and they're going to lose sleep. And they're going to freak out at their next test because there's so much pressure on them. That's probably not going to go well. If I'm afraid I'm going to get fired, afraid I might get, you know, get laid off and be destitute, well, I'm going to play it really safe at work. Mm, that might work in some cases, but last time I checked, the people that succeed take smart risks. Okay, so play it out, and once you're more freaked out by the way that's going to play out than you are by the fear, the original fear, now you're ready. You're ready to go in and notice where this feeling is in your body. So when you worry about looking dumb, not having the right answers, get out of the story and into the body. Where is it? What does it feel like? And take a deep breath. He also has a great quote in the book by Fritz Perls, who is the founder of Gestalt Therapy. And he says, anxiety is just excitement without the breath. So when you add breath, to your worry or your anxiety, you relax, you expand, you come back to the present. That's all I mean. When I say expansion, all that means is breathing, letting your heart space relax. When you contract, you're holding your breath and nothing good is going to happen when you're holding your breath, except that you won't drown, but you're not underwater. So expand, relax. That is the only time that growth can happen, is when we stay open. We drop the fear and we get curious about what's actually true. When we decide that we're willing to take risks, that we're willing to drop the fear and act and do the thing that we once feared, then we can break through. When we can speak our truth, when we can show up do the thing that we've never done before, or that's not a habit yet, we grow. And one of the ways we can continue to grow is by not overdoing it. Those lottery winners, they kind of went into the panic zone instead of the growth zone. They had such a dramatic shift from where they were to where they were the next day after they won the lottery. It was too much. We have to take baby steps and make incremental growth. But if you keep making incremental growth, you're going to look back and you're going to look at the person you were just five years ago, even just a year ago, and you're going to, you, you will amaze yourself at the growth you've made incrementally. So Gay offered a mantra that I use constantly, and it is when you notice worry or just when you have a couple minutes between a meeting, take a deep breath, feel your feet on the floor, and say this to yourself, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day. 
as I inspire others to do so as well. Ooh, think about that. How beautiful is that? It's not just about you and your growth, but it's about how you are contagious. And when you do this, others will do it around you. Just think about what your kids would be like, what your partner would be like. If you went from this contracted state of worry and fear to an expanded state of presence and abundance. I'm going to say it again. I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire others to do so as well. I hope you've had as much fun on this as I have. And um, I look forward to hearing your comments. I love it when I get comments. I love it when you refer friends to this because I want to help as many people as possible. That is all about me and my potential is I want to help others reach their unlimited potential. Obviously, you can't reach unlimited, but you can keep, keep growing. So you look back on your life completely satisfied and grateful for the courage you had. Fear isn't going to go away. But if you can recognize it, catch it, and then expand into the present moment, and um, that's the best we can ask ourselves to do. And then you can really unfold and spread your wings. All right, so I will put um, I will put links in the show notes if you want to reach out to me. And please start practicing this as of today and share it with others who you love and notice yourself. Pick one of them. You might just want to pick worry because it's the easiest one. But hey, if you blame, if you criticize, if you squabble, um, if you bicker, if you deflect compliments, whichever one you want to start paying attention to, pay attention to it, make a tiny shift, see what happens, and then step into courage. And I'm so happy that you spent this time with me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work-Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at WLBAcademy.com.